Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you want to discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs, and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story and enhance their recovery even further. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. Now you might be thinking, what the heck are you doing here on a Wednesday tomorrow? And I'm going to tell you, and it's one of the things that I'm incredibly grateful for. So over the last month, I have really been reflecting on my journey, reflecting on the women that I work with when it comes to my coaching practice. And one of the areas that I'm extremely passionate about is helping people enhance their recovery so they can achieve long-term sobriety. Because of course, if you're in recovery and you've been here for any length of time, you will know that people drop off, right? Your circle gets smaller and smaller from the time that you get clean and sober. I know that for myself personally, you know, when I got sober, there was a bunch of us that came into, you know, recovery at the same time. And there's only a few of us, like less than a handful that are still around today or even alive today. And it's a sad statistic. And I think that when we look back at those patterns and what has happened, of course, it's usually complacency. People stop doing what helped to get them sober and keep them sober in the first place because we think we got this thing. And unfortunately, our addiction is, as they say sometimes at meetings, you know, out in the parking lot doing push-ups. And it's so true, right? I know personally that I have a healthy fear of relapse today because I am really scared to pick up. I am scared that my pride would keep me out and that, you know, if I had that drink and messed up my recovery, that I would just continue to go on and add, you know, some cocaine and who knows, maybe even heroin. And and because of what's out there right now, I am terrified of not being able to make it back. And I've created a life that I am so incredibly happy with. And, you know, it's sometimes it's a struggle, but it's a struggle that's worth moving through right? And working through. Because don't forget, right? When we get sober, we experience everything almost for the first time because I used to mask everything. And so what I decided to do is really when I sum it all up and I ask people a question, it's, okay, you're sober, now what? Right? Because that first, I would say, you know, three to six months, maybe a year, 
um, we're on that pink cloud, right? If you get a good support network and you start doing the work, we tend to be on this cloud of excitement. Everything is fresh and new and exciting. You know, I got divorced within my first year. So of course, dating uh, was, was new potential there and things were just fun. But I see a lot of people fade off after that first year because the excitement starts to fade and real life starts to happen. And all of a sudden, our sobriety isn't so new anymore. And so I decided to shift the road beyond recovery to a more sober focused, clean and sober focused podcast, which the road beyond recovery is. But in a way, you know, we also interview guests that have overcome adversity. And, but my passion is really on staying clean and sober. And so I came up with the title, You're Sober, Now What? Uh, Because I'm that now what kind of coach, right? Um, You know, when you first get into recovery, it's building that foundation, surrounding yourself with people who are walking the talk. And then after that, it's like, now what? right? Do you want to get complacent? Do you want to risk that relapse? Or do you want to enhance your life and achieve long-term recovery? And so that's where I came up with the title. So as of Monday, April 4th, the road beyond recovery will be no longer. You'll still gain access to the episodes. We're not going anywhere. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to start the new podcast off with episode 200, because I think that's a nice round number. And because we've got the Rise Beyond Recovery event coming up, which is April 4th through April 8th, it's online. You can attend for absolutely free. Head on over to www.risebeyondrecovery.ca and you can join us for free or grab a ticket. Um, But because we have all that coming up, I wanted to do a little prep work and a little bit of... um, conversation around what I've got going on, right? The community that I'm part of that we're building of sober women. And so really setting you up with the tools that you need to enhance your life and achieve long-term recovery. So that's what's going on. That's what I'm grateful for. And over the next seven days, you're going to get to tune in every day if you like, or you can catch up, whatever you'd like. And then on Monday, April 4th, we're starting fresh with episode 200. I can't believe it's almost 200 episodes. We're almost there. Uh, It's going to be a fresh new start, um, new guests. Some old guests are returning and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll give you tips and tricks, science-based strategies as well uh, that you can use to achieve that long-term recovery as well. So I will, uh, yeah, let's kick it off this uh, seven-day marathon. So one of the areas that I still need to work on, and I think this is because of my experience with, you know, that um, financial instability when I was young. I was not very responsible, obviously. And um, then coming into adulthood, when I got sober, I unfortunately lost everything due to my marriage collapsing. And I had to file bankruptcy, which took a real big hit on my pride and ego. And I felt ashamed about that. Now, of course, you know, uh, having a corporate job and getting my life together, learning how to live sober, 
definitely helped. But there are still those times, even though, you know, I'd never been homeless, really. Um, I'd never been without. I always had a place to go and I still do today. There are still those times that we can experience that financial insecurity, right? And it does come up. You know, I'm glad that I have friends today that I can talk to about that when it comes up and I have the tools to help. But Today I have a guest on the show that grew up in poverty and just like we do in with addiction, we learn from our experience. So Dr. Amanda Barrientes is with me today and she's going to share her story, also how she was able to use her past to now help people unlock their money blocks, which is a big thing, I think, especially for those in recovery. That's why I was very excited to have her on the show. And she's also going to share some tips and strategies on how you can create a money mindset. So she's the money healer. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody. We are hanging out with my friend, Dr. Amanda, the money healer. How are you? Ooh, psyched to be here. I'm doing great. I am so excited as well. We probably should have started recording before just so we had some little tidbits, but we're going to bring those uh, those topics up in this chat we're having today. So why don't you start off for those of my audience that don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself and what it is that you do today? All right. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I am Dr. Amanda Barrientes. My company is NFA No Fucking Around Money. And I am known as the money healer because I help, usually I help entrepreneurs overcome their unconscious limiting beliefs about money so they can heal their relationship to money and have successful businesses. Um, I work with all different kinds of entrepreneurs and everyday people who have a relationship with money that feels toxic and struggle filled. And, you know, it's one of those things that brings up a lot of shame and doubt and fear and uncertainty and jealousy. And so I love to help people become money confident because it changes everything in your reality. So that's what I do today. And I can't wait to dive into all the fun conversations around it. And I think, you know, people who are in my audience, so generally people who are in recovery, money is a big thing. I mean, I know that when I got sober, I claimed bankruptcy when I was in my early 20s, I messed up my credit, right? And so coming into my recovery now, and then of course, having to start a business, I had to overcome that block because there was still that, well, I've got it all together now, right? It's going well. What if, you know, the what if, what if? So that's something we can dive into a little bit later. But, you know, yeah. you had quite the upbringing. And obviously, there's a reason that you got into what you did today. So what was life like growing up for you? You know, it's interesting. My childhood, I would say the thing that gave me a oddly a lot of limiting beliefs was my childhood being raised as a fundamentalist Christian. So for me, what that was, was a lot of shame and, and a lot of shame, I would say. So, you know, it was like a pretty harsh black and white way of thinking. And I was, I grew up in a community that was really small. And so I was one of the only brown skinned people in that community. So it was like this combination of being marginalized in certain areas there, and then being a fundamentalist Christian and not really fitting in. I constructed a lot of my reality through that place. And then, you know, money wise, I had uh, both of my parents were entrepreneurs and it was like boom bust, you know, like sometimes they were thriving and sometimes not. I mean, we always, my, my parents always took good care of us in terms of like, you know, we had money, we had a house, we had food, clothing, all those things. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like an impoverished 
childhood. It, that really happened for me later in life. But it was more about the ideas that I developed around shame and guilt. Uh, and that caused a lot of codependency issues and, and different things of that sort that really were what ended up being a struggle for me later in life. So let's talk about that. You know, we both actually talked about codependency. That's something that I have just started working through and how things did shift um, into a different direction for you as you did grow up. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, so um, for me, codependency really showed up as relationship struggles. And so, it, it, you know, I it was interesting because I ran into even the term or understanding what codependency was after I had left my 15 year marriage having an affair. My next relationship wasn't working out. And I was one night I was on the floor crying and I was looking at this empty basement because my boyfriend had moved out and I had you know, I was on food stamps because I was in grad school. I had didn't have enough money coming in. I had three kids and I was like, oh my God, my life is a wreck. And I really had this, you know, just epiphany moment of like, what's the common denominator here? It's me. And part of that led me to codependency research because my, I had a friend who I was telling about all this stuff and she's like, have you ever heard of codependency? It sounds like you have some codependency issues. <laughs> and she had come from a family with a, you know, severely addicted to various substances, mom. And so for her, that's how she processed codependency. And for me, it was just, you know, different things that I had experienced, you know, different traumas in my childhood and different ways of thinking. And, and I think both of my parents really came from a, you know, a, a childhood of a lot of codependent habits and patterns. And so I learned it. And so I, it was, it was amazing because I, when she said this, I decided oh, I'm going to get online and like, look this up. And it led me to someone named Darlene Lancer, who is like a really prominent codependency researcher. And she wrote a book called Codependency for Dummies. And I, the first night I found it, I stayed up all night reading her stuff online. I was like, oh my God, this is me. <laughs> like it blew my mind. I just was like, she's writing to me. And then I drove to Barnes and Noble the next morning because I didn't want to wait for the Amazon book for two days. So I drove to Barnes and Noble, bought the book. I mean, I just dove in really deeply into understanding why I had constructed relationships as the primary, it was everything, you know, it was like I constructed my whole identity through being in relation to somebody else and everything I wanted and needed was through the eyes of them. I didn't, I, I had really had very low self-confidence and a lot of anxiety around, you know, social, kind of like social anxiety. I masked it really well but I had social anxiety and I was always in a relationship. I was always in a relationship where I was trying to fix somebody and I was always doubting myself. And, you know, and so for me, that was how it showed up. And so when I read that book and I started listening to podcasts, everything in my world started to change. And I was like, huh. I mean, even my money situation was based on my relationship status. You know, it was like, I, I, my ex-husband who I was with for 15 years was an entrepreneur, but not very good at business. He was great at like what he did in his, in his entrepreneurship, but not at the business piece. And so we went bankrupt and he bankrupted all my credit cards. And, you know, so I really let people take advantage of me in ways that I would never do now. <laughs> and, and so I, I realized that, and it was all gifts, you know, like I've done a lot of repair work since then and, and really understood like, oh, I wasn't confident. And that led to money issues. It led to relationship issues. It led to lack of self-love. It led to 
me not knowing what I wanted to do in the world, really. And so that, that was a long answer, but that was really the start of, you know, stepping into entrepreneurship. It was like, oh, I, I, I have a gift I want to give to the world because this stuff is not stuff we talk about. Shame, you know, people, we don't learn about shame in school. We don't learn about making money in school. We don't learn about how to have successful relationships in school. And those things are important. They're the life skills that if you don't have, life is pretty miserable. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And so much of what you said resonated with me, especially, you know, getting into a relationship and wanting to fix someone. I mean, throughout my addiction, I met another addict and I actually thought I can fix this man, right? But I couldn't even look at myself. And, you know, the codependency, we ended up, um, you know, almost claiming bankruptcy, like, again, right, I let him take advantage of my credit cards and stuff like that. So I see all these patterns. And like you, all of this stuff that I've been through has definitely been a gift, right? And that's what I try to encourage people today is, you know, shift your perspective, start looking at things differently, instead of looking at your past as something that's negative, and you want to run away from, look at where you can start to change your perspective on things and the lessons and opportunities that you've learned that you can actually take into your world today. So, you know, a lot of people, especially in people who have, you know, suffered from addiction, codependency, all that kind of stuff. When things get tough, and you said you were on food stamps at one point, you know, what would you say is the thing that kept you going forward? Because I think, especially in my world, you know, I would just pick up a bottle or use a drug and I could numb everything out and I would stop, right? I'm not like that today. When things get tough, I lean into it harder. But for you, how were you able to keep pushing through and create that shift for yourself? Yeah, it's interesting you say, because I I, uh, I grapple with the addiction term just for various reasons, but drinking was definitely an outlet of relax, you know, of escaping for me big time. You know, in grad school, it was a big way to go like, oh my God, it's the end of the week, I'm stressed to hell. You know, like drinking is an easy unplug. And so, you know, definitely in, in some of those ways, I mean, to, to really get through the the times when I started to recognize like, oh, I'm the center and I need to learn how to master myself differently. I, I've, I listened to podcasts. I mean, it sounds funny, but I was because I was broke. I didn't have a way to pay for a coach. And at the time, I didn't even know what that was, really. I didn't know that that was an option out there in the world. And so I started listening to podcasts nonstop, like because I was so busy, I could learn on the go. I could learn while I was doing my dishes. I could learn while I was driving my kids to school. And, and so I just started listening. And I noticed the common thread was that they were mostly done by coach type people. And I was like, this is cool. Like you can teach. And I loved teaching at my university. Like I won teaching awards. I, it was one of my greatest you know, joys. And so I thought like, maybe I should become a coach. <laughs> and so, you know, it was that combination of nonstop quest to become a better version of myself and go like, I'm the only one that's going to fix this. You know, like no one's going to come and save me. I've got to save myself here. And so that was a big one because I think especially with codependency, there's often this belief like, oh, I'll get into a relationship. And then that becomes the primary focus. And it, it it's, I think of it now as a sabotage issue for me. It was like, you know, I'd start to excel and I'd be alone for a very short period of time. And then I would start to have things shift. And then I'd get in a relationship and it would take all the energy because I would choose people that weren't super healthy in some ways, you know, and they were doing their own growth process too. And so, you know, for me, it was 
shifting my behaviors and being intentional about what I listen to and really starting to saturate my brain and rewire my brain in a completely different direction. You know, and when I look back now at that 2020 hindsight, I'm like, oh, okay, here's the process to do this. This is what I did. And this is what works. And this is what I help people do. At the time I was doing it, I was just doing what I was inspired by in the moment. You know, it was like, oh, I found this podcast and I would just binge listen to the whole thing. And then I'd go to the next and binge listen. And then I would watch YouTube videos. And then I started going to workshops and then I had money to pay for a coach. And then it just kept accelerating. And so really quickly for me, you know, it went from being on food stamps to then my first year of business, I went six figures. And it was all of those things that I did that, you know, it was just, it was a decision first. It was the decision, like, I'm ready to do whatever it takes to become a different version of myself and, and responsibility. You know, it's like the NFA in a lot of ways, NFA stands for radical responsibility. Like, are you radically responsible for your outcome? Are you blaming everyone around you for your reality? You know, and, and if you blame everyone else, you have no power to change. And codependency is a big one because it, because you put so much focus on other people, they're the ones to blame for your reality. And, and so once I really got that, I was like, oh, I chose these people that I'm with. <laughs> I'm responsible here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And, you know, that it gets me thinking that when I first came into the world of recovery and actually, I mean, that first step for me was looking at my life and realizing that, wow, what a shit show, you know, I mean, I honestly, because I didn't go to jail, right? I didn't, I wasn't institutionalized or anything. I didn't go through treatment center. But once I started drinking, I couldn't stop. And I mean, I think I was about $75,000 in debt. I had, I went bankrupt shortly into my recovery. So when I actually wrote it down and realized like, wow, this is the life I had created because I was functioning. I had a corporate job, right? I, other than on, you know, what was actually happening on the outside, someone probably look at my life and think, wow, okay, other than she parties a little bit too much and she gets out of control, blackout drunk she's got it together, but I really didn't. And so I love how you mentioned like owning your life, right? I had to own the fact that I had created this life and I now had the power to change that. Now I think, you know, in my own experience and from what I hear from a lot of people that come into recovery, of course, we usually destroy our financial situation. I mean, you know, I was using the last $40 on my $10,000, one of my $10,000 credit cards to buy a bottle of vodka because I had craft dinner still in the pantry, right? Like I maxed everything out. I was desperate, but when I got sober, it almost lifted that weight off my shoulders, right? I felt free for the first time to be able to create a new life for myself. So, you know, for anybody listening that's maybe new to recovery, you know, any sort of type of recovery, and they're in that position, what are kind of the first steps you would recommend that people take? Because I know this is kind of just the start, right, of creating that money mindset. Yeah. You know, God, you said so many things that are so powerful. <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking about a time. It, 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 substances are interesting, right? Because we're animals, at, really, and we want to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And so the issue with substances is interesting because it's instant pleasure, right? It leads to a lot of pain <laughs> often for people, but it's like instant gratification in terms of numbing out, forgetting the moment that you're not enjoying and all those things. So it's like, I mean, for people, it's like, the, it really is that first thing is like, you've got to decide like, 
I want to be someone different. I, I want to do something different. You know, I've got to develop a different identity and become a different person. And that is a practice because you've got to retrain yourself in a new direction. So my NFA money formula is three steps. And in those three steps takes time, but it's a very simple roadmap, you know? So it's like, first you've got to uh, recognize your blocks. Okay. And one of those blocks that you have is blaming other people. A lot, I, I would say definitely in recovery, there's a process that people go through of like realizing I'm responsible for my outcomes. And so that recognition is incredibly powerful. Like you get empowered when you recognize what's going on for yourself. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, when you looked at it and you're like, oh, my life is kind of a shit show. Part of that is tracking your life, you know, so it's like it's starting to track. Where is my money going? How am I spending my time? Is what I'm doing empowering? Is it leading me down a road I want to go down or is it just going to, you know, like progressive steps in a direction you don't want to go lead to huge life downfall. And so you want to be taking progressive steps in a direction that that is empowering and leads to success and fulfillment. And, and most people don't think about it that way. Right. They think they, they're not we're short sighted. We're very short-sighted. <laughs> and so you want to start developing some of that longer-term thinking. So the first step is recognize. The second step is to start to reframe. And then the third step is what happens is that you rewire your brain. And this is what's so liberating is that it's possible for anybody. Anybody starting right this moment can do what I'm saying and start to rewire their brain in a new direction and get completely different results actually pretty quickly. And so those those steps, you know, there's a lot involved in each of those. But the first step is just recognize and own responsibility. You know, it's like you go like, OK, I recognize I'm at a place I don't want to be. I'm responsible it's my it's my time now to decide to do something different, you know, and then that next when you start to reframe, you're taking action in a new direction. You're starting to see the world through a different lens because you're you're deciding what to focus on, you know, what you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on becoming a different person who's more in power, that's what starts to grow. If you're focused on my life is shit, I'm a victim, everything sucks, that's what expands. And so you've got to start to reframe your brain. And then what happens is you actually rewire your brain for new results. And so it's it what it is, is the choice to stop being, <laughs> it's funny to say, but it's like, get out of monkey mind, stop being an animal and decide like, I am a human with a conscious brain and I can choose a different direction. Yeah. Ugh. I love that. And, you know, the rewiring your brain, that's an area that I focus on because I truly believe and I hear it time and time again. I just actually wrote an article about it is that, you know, relapse can be a big part of a story in recovery. And I've I've heard people actually say relapse is a part of recovery. And I'm like, wait a minute. It doesn't have to be. It's not part of my story. And it's not part of my story because I have literally learned how to rewire my brain, right? I, I totally nerd out over neuroscience now, which is the fact that I can say neuroplasticity and I joke around about a lot on my show is super cool, but it, yeah. it literally is like in recovery, I learned to build that foundation, right? I learned to be like, okay, you know, I'm the one who can fix this. Now, you know, the second area that I struggled with personally and I always had was I would always spend my money on the wrong things, right? And I was very hesitant to invest in my personal development, right? I would often, you know, I built my foundation in recovery. Life was going good, but I always felt like I was meant for more, but had no idea what that more was. 
And so I kind of, I started listening to podcasts too, right? I was like, this is amazing. Like, how cool is it a platform where you can go and, you know, look for anything and find a podcast that shares about that. But, you know, what would you say to people who are kind of in that position? You know, they've built that foundation. They still have a little bit of that block in them and they're afraid to invest in their personal development. Hmm. You know, what comes to mind immediately when you say that is, is loving yourself. Like, Mm. do you love yourself? You know, if you love yourself, you're willing to take care of yourself and you're willing to invest in yourself and you go. And, and so that's not to, you know, anyone who's watching or listening, like, don't beat yourself up if you're not there yet. That's okay. But today decide how could I do one thing that's loving to myself today? And then tomorrow, how could I do two things that's loving to myself, that are loving to myself? And it's it's practice. And so in, I love that you said, you know, neuroplasticity. It's like, what a gift that we can rewire our brain and we can rewire our brain to love ourselves more, which leads to more uh, investing in ourselves. You know, and it's little things. It's little things like treating yourself by giving yourself intentional time to do something you enjoy. It could be that simple. It doesn't have to be this big, grandiose thing. It's just like... Huh. Do I wake up in the morning and start beating myself up instantly? Or do I wake up in the morning and read personal growth and development and meditate on mantras of self-love? That's training your brain in a new direction. And when you start to do that, you'll notice anything you appreciate, appreciates. Okay. So when we think about money, you appreciate money, you love it, you feel good about it, you enjoy it, you grow it because you appreciate it. If you appreciate yourself, you appreciate, meaning you get bigger, you can expand into your fullest potential. And so it's the switch between going, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve it, which I think a lot of people in recovery experience, a lot of humans in general experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a one of the hugest money blocks is I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve it. And so, you know, it's like, I don't deserve to be that big of an entrepreneur. I don't deserve to make to make that much money. I don't deserve to have a healthy body. I don't deserve a good relationship. I don't deserve to, you know, wake up every day and feel amazing. Like we have these money blocks. And so we go like, okay, how could I deserve it? How could, how could I treat myself in a loving way today? Just one small thing. And so you, you start practicing that and then it grows and then it becomes this unstoppable force where you're like, I can't wait to take myself on a fun date somewhere and like invest in my future and grow my wealth and go on trips and just let, you know, get a massage, do little nice things that are, are fun for me because I'm amazing. You know, like that's what you want to start playing with. Even if you don't, you know, even if you're starting at the very bottom where you like hate yourself, let's say, or you just really think you're awful, you you look for the the one thing that you can appreciate about yourself. Just one thing, you know, like I appreciate that I'm loving to my parents or I appreciate that I've been a great sister, whatever it is, you know, and you just start appreciating it and focusing on that and just always remember what you focus on expands. And so if you focus on the self-love, even if it's just a couple minutes a day, that will start to grow. And so you it's, it's our job. That's why the recognize is the first step. You've got to recognize when you're beating yourself up and beating yourself down, because that's what you're going to keep getting forever if you don't recognize it and reframe it in a new direction. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I've been learning over the last couple of years is right, what you focus on expands. And oftentimes, you know, I would catch myself focusing on what I don't want, right? And thinking, okay, well, I'm recognizing that I don't want this. That's a good thing. But yeah. then it's like, well, no, because I'm going to continue to get that. Whereas if I go, okay, lesson learned, I know what I don't want. I already know that. Like, that's pretty obvious because I've been through 
what do I actually want? Yeah. And (laughs) that's hard to make that shift, but I've been spending a lot of time, you know, I wake up every morning and I do, you know, my mindfulness, my meditation. Um, I, you know, do my intentions in the morning and I always start off with positive thinking, but at night when I go to bed, I also do the same thing, right? That's when I do my gratitude where I'm like, even if I went through something difficult, because, you know, I've, I've, shared this on the show recently that this, you know, 2021 was probably the most challenging year in my recovery yet, but it's been the best year of my recovery because now that I look back thinking, wow, I can't believe I got through that. Like what an an absolute incredible feeling, right? It's helped me shift my perspective. So looking at those things that happen day to day and at night going, you know what, I'm really grateful I went through that because that triggered me to call someone and ask for help. And now I've got this new process set up. Like it has this ripple effect on it. So, you know, for me, when I started my business, I don't know if you want to add to that, by the way. Oh, we can go wherever you want. <laughs> You're saying so many fun things. I'm like, oh, I love that. I mean, I'm just thinking about you building resilience, right? It's like, and you seeing how powerful you are. Like yeah. we don't grow without challenge. So it's like knowing that a year was really challenging and then looking back on it and going like, yes, I overcame that year. Like that's, that's awesome. You know, like if, if we didn't have those challenges, we would never grow. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all about your perspective. And, you know, it sounds like your perspective is incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's a work in progress now. Yeah. You know, earlier in 2021 as well, I had decided, you know what, I got to quit my job. And it was actually a coach friend of mine that reached out and said, when are you going to leave this day job of yours? And I said, well, you know, I've got it together. I finally got savings, like everything's going well. I'm thinking about doing a leave of absence, right? Because I did want to travel. Now, obviously, COVID has made that extremely hard. But my dream was to take three months off, travel the world, because that's always been something I want to do and be an entrepreneur while doing it, right? And so that is what I was going to do early 2021. And she said, well, why would you take three months off? And I said, well, you know, a little bit of a buffer, see if I can get this thing going and I want to travel and all that kind of stuff. And she said, oh, so a safety net. And I said, kind of, I guess so. And she said something that was really a friendly slap in the face, but she said, tomorrow, when you quit drinking, did you leave a bottle of vodka in the cupboard just in case you wanted to go back? And I thought, okay. And the next day I actually gave my notice, right? I just thought, okay, I'm going to take this step forward. And I was scared. I had to lean into, you know, my faith. I'm like, okay, universe, like if I'm going to do this, right, I got to lean in a little harder and to top that off. So I started my business. I gave my notice the next day, um, started my business and well, full-time entrepreneur in early March. But then I also decided I'm going to move out of my partner's place, right? Because we were heading in two different directions. Um, I thought, okay, you know, I'm, I'm financially not, um, I didn't need him financially, but I wanted to see what it was like to be on my own, to get my business up and running, to really, truly love myself. So this is part of the challenge of, you know, 2021. Um, But I really had to shift my mindset around money, right? And that that took a big leap of faith. And that was very difficult for me and something that I still work with. Now, you know, for you, you have an incredible mission. 
you know, you want to help, I think, what, 5 million people change their yeah. mindset? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. can you talk a little bit about, you know, your mission, but also, you know, taking that leap of faith, not having that safety net anymore? Because I think a lot of people, we kind of lean back into that safety net, like, ah, oh, we'll do a little bit, but we're not actually basically yeah. telling the universe we're all in. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a half commitment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, uh, uh, <laughs> so many things going through my mind. What one thing is like, yeah, either you're trying or you're doing either you're trying or you're committed. And so like when I go in, I go in all the way. It's like, and I love, you know, that she said that it's so true. Like, course not. You don't go like, I'm going to quit drinking, but I'm going to leave a bottle here just in case I want to drink later tonight. Like that doesn't make sense at all. Like we got to be all into what we're doing. And I do, you know, sometimes I help entrepreneurs with transitional plans out of their job into entrepreneurship. So there is a time and space for that, of course, but then there is a time and a space to just take the leap and go all in. And for me, I love the experience of the safety net being taken away because then magic happens. You know, and it's in those spaces of transition. Um, oh, Nancy Levin, one of a really great author that writes a lot about relationships. Um, her quote, it's so great about transitions, honor the space between no longer and not yet. Ah, such a good quote, right? Because that's where the magic happens. It's that transitional space where you're you're no longer attached to who you were and you get to jump into who you are becoming. And it's terrifying sometimes, you know, like we want to, we, we take the leap up and we want to be like, why did I take the leap up? I want to go back. It's scary, you know? And at the same time, it's the most liberating space where you can fly. And it's because you're turning into somebody new, you're transforming in a new direction. And so, you know, for me, when I, when I took the leap, same thing, I was like, I am all in, I'm dedicated, I'm committed, I'm on fire, I'm inspired, I'm alive, and I'm just going for it. And who knows what will happen, you know, and it's just, it's been a process of accelerated growth. And of course, I get scared sometimes, you know, it's like, and I make big big mission statements. Like I want to impact 5 million people through my company and through my business and help. I want to, I want the, the world to feel good about making money. I want the world to do what they love making money. Like that's a, it's a big mission. And I go like, I, will I reach it? My success is inevitable. As long as I keep taking daily action, I can't control the outcome exactly. Right. I don't know exactly how many people I reach, but my mission and my quest keeps me in that daily action. You know, I go like, I, I love to teach. It's definitely my zone of genius. And I love to inspire people to transform into someone new and empowered and where they're like, yes, I love myself. I love my life. I love the way I make money. And, and all of that leads to more money magnetism, you know? And so when I started to learn that, it was like, oh my God, I realized how addicted I was to feeling like crap and distress. You know, it was like, I was really addicted to doing things that made me feel constantly stressed. And so the more that I lean into doing my business and the more I help people through their money blocks, the more I realize we torture ourselves to make money. You know, we, we really beat ourselves up. I mean, a lot of people make money from a completely fear-based space, which is, I would say my first year of business, what I did, you know, it was like, I'm terrified. I got to make sure I make a lot of money. And I had made this declaration that I was going to go six figures, you know, three quarters of the way into the year, I was like, uh oh, I don't know if this is going to happen. I was scared, you know, and I, but I just kept going and I just kept trusting and I just kept going. If I don't make it, at least, you know, you shoot through the moon, you hit the stars type of thing, you know, and it was like and, and then like last the last couple months of the year, I made a whole bunch of money and hit my six figures, you know, and it was like 
oh, I planted the seeds. I kept the faith. I kept taking action. I kept my eye on my big, my big quest. And I just kept going. And that's what I do now too. You know, I go like, you know, who knows when I'll hit what, what goals I, but I do know I'm dedicated to every day becoming a better version of myself. And that always attracts more money my way, because the more value you bring to the world, money is just an exchange of value. And so, you know, it's that piece where I love to help myself and other people expand every day in love, money, and success. And, mm -hmm. and that's to me, the greatest quest of life you know, like becoming a master of yourself and, and learning how to sit in joy. It, it sounds funny, but like we, people are afraid to feel good. It, it's easier and more comfortable and safe to feel like crap. And so mm -hmm. it's like training yourself to feel joy and to sit in joy. Most people will sabotage in that situation. God, it's so funny because I can think of plenty of times we're looking back, right, where you get addicted to that stress. It's almost we can't pry ourselves out of that. And that's, you know, one of the transitions I've been making is really, you know, mindful of who I spend my time with, right? Because I'm also very, I'm very like empathetic. So if I'm around somebody who's complaining all the time or always focused on the negative, I'll go yeah. home and I feel absolutely drained. And then I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't even know if I can get my daily stuff done. But, you know, when I started to shift who I surrounded myself with, and also what I told myself every day, I mean, I am addicted to my business, I'm addicted to wanting to help people in recovery lessen their chances of relapse, right? Because, you know, that isn't part of my story. And I think that we, as humans, I mean, we're capable of so much more than we think. And, you know, when I was working full time, I would wake up at 3.30, 4 a.m. to get, you know, do a few hours of my business. And then after I would do it nice. as well, which also yeah. led to burnout. So I've had to incorporate the mindfulness and the, the self-care in there. But that was such an interesting part of the journey. But it is funny how a lot of people, they're just addicted to the drama, the stress. It's almost like they're really comfortable in that discomfort, right? And I found that now... I'm comfortable in a different sort of discomfort. Like I'm outside my comfort zone and I'm riding this wave of like, wow, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. And, <laughs> you know, the reason I bring that up is because I think that, you know, codependency for me, we were talking before the interview about my weight loss journey, right? I mean, I think I just hit my bottom again for that journey because I put my health aside to grow my business because I love doing that now realizing, okay, I got to get back on track and stuff like that. But I noticed that as soon as those fears, right, and you talk about not feeling worthy, as soon as those started to creep back in when it came to my my weight loss journey, the money that I started thinking about that too. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. well, it's early 2022. Like I, I got to start getting that income. Like, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because we yeah. talked about that earlier. Yeah, you know, it, it's what it's important for people to know is how aligned it all how intertwined it all is. So the way you feel about yourself, and the way you feel about your environment is the frequency you would you emit to the outside world. And so once you start having a fear frequency, it will mask it, it it'll it will uh, like paint, broad stroke brush over everything. So it doesn't get separated. It's like if like, you know, when I was in relationship in my last relationship, it was like 
the negativity that would happen in that space caused my money to just stop flowing. It was wild, you know, to look back and go like, whoa. And what it is, it's like fear is fear. You're emitting a frequency of fear and whatever it matches to that in your surrounding. This is why I love to help people get into that flow state where they're like, they're open, they're receptive, they're in joy, they're in, they're in flow. I think of fear as future expectations of awful results. So you're, <sighs> you're creating a future projected out of your worry, which is a habit. And you're creating a reality because that's what you're focusing on. That's awful results. And, and you create that through fear. And so and then flow is the faithful looking for opportunities to win is how I think of flow. So, again, what you focus on expands. And so, you know, when we get stuck in a space where we're out of alignment in any area, whether it's, you know, about weight loss or it's about money or it's about a relationship or it's about our health status, we are out of alignment. We're not, you know, and when we're out of alignment, we're emitting scattered, confused frequencies. And then we can't be as abundant and flowing, which causes everything to slow its flow. And so, except for like more negativity coming to you, <laughs> you know, so, so you're attracting, I, I call it a, a shit storm. Like when you're complaining and you feel like crap and you're in fear and you're beating yourself up, you're attracting a shit storm your way. And it's interesting because you create that reality and then it validates your thoughts. So you go, see, life is crap. And I keep attracting it. See, it's crap. I keep attracting it. See, it's crap. <laughs> and so you get stuck in this cycle instead of going like, what I think is powerful, what you said that you recognized. So you took that, that revelation to like, oh, this is tied. My money is tied to my feeling of weight loss and how I feel in that space. And so to shift it, I got to start getting back into alignment. I got to start focusing again on my physical body because it all matters, right? Like we can't just neglect one whole area of ourselves and think that everything's going to be amazing. This, so this is really scarcity-based thinking, right? So in, in I have a money blocks profile and there's three money main money blocks. Money is bad, money is scarce, and money causes stress. And in the money is scarce, it's the scarcity block, which, you know, all money blocks are often related to scarcity. But this one's really specific where we go, I can't have both and because, you know, scarcity thinking is either or. Like either I have a great business and I'm hyper-focused on that. And that's where I'll succeed, but then I don't have time for a relationship or to exercise, right? Instead of like, of course I can have all those things. I can, I'm the creator of time. I'm the creator of my reality. I can have an amazing, incredible relationship and a successful business and have time to exercise. And so it's a, it's a mindset switch and then taking action in that direction in a new way. But the first place is recognition. And, and this is, I mean, really it's where most people are stuck. Like, you know, like we've talked about, people get stuck in comfort zone, they get addicted to stress, they, it's easier, you know, it's easier to just stay where you're at. Most mm -hmm. people don't become highly successful because they're not willing to do what it takes to be masters of themselves. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And I mean, you know, I love to focus on helping people discover their purpose, right? Because I believe that so many people, you know, myself included in the past, I, you know, when I got sober and I started getting my life back together, you know, you, you give, give, you're doing things for other people. You become resentful towards them because you're like, ah, I just wish they would do things for me. But what I realized was that when, and that for me happened at, at my work, right? It, it, it wasn't in every area of my life. But then when I discovered my purpose, I was like, wait a minute, my past, my experience is a gift that I can use to help other people now. 
And so I actually will, you know, walk with people through that journey and my purpose continues to evolve as such. But that has really shifted my mindset, the way that I wake up every morning. Like I, my, some of my friends, they laugh at me, right? They know now why I do it, but I can't wait. Like come 730, I'm like, oh, I got to start going home. Like it's time to prep for bed. I got to do my nightly routine, right? Because I thrive off of it. Yeah, I can't wait to go to bed early so that I can wake up the next day and do what I love doing. Like it is, I get jacked up. And I still, as an entrepreneur, right, you say we're in control of our time. I get up early because that is when I'm in a state of flow. That is when things feel good for me. So can you kind of talk about, you know, you you mentioned the, the money blocks, but also, you know, what do you do? What is your routine? Yeah. Um, oh, at first, I just want to say good for you. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's really amazing to live an inspired life like that. And, you know, you said something that's really important that, that people need to recognize in, in what you said is that when you do what you're inspired by, it gets real easy to say no to things. And it gets really easy to decide your day and how you spend your time. And because it's a high value thing, like when you love yourself, you are, you're like the inspiration causes you to do what you enjoy doing, which causes you to love yourself more. So it's this really amazing self looping feedback. And then you go, Oh, I, I, yeah, it's easy for me to say no, because is that in alignment with what I'm inspired by? No, then it's a no. And it gets really easy. So, you know, especially in codependency, I think, for me, it was like a people pleaser doormat saying yes to everything, didn't have good boundaries, all those things, you know? And so now it's so easy for me to be like, hmm, no, that's a no. <laughs> it's either a heaven yes or a no. <laughs> and so, you know, so I wanted to say that first really quickly. Um, more Routine wise, I tell people, it's funny, I actually just did a podcast on this recently and I'm gonna, oh, here we go. How to love up-level your money mindset fast. Number one, it's the number one thing that is important for you to do. Get energetically aligned. Okay. And what that is, is morning routine. You, you must, if you want to have an empowered life and create a lot of awesomeness in your day and in your business over the course of a year or anywhere in your life, you've got to get energetically aligned, which means you've got to have a morning routine because the way that you start your day is the way it, it accelerates over the course of the day. And so to me, it's incredibly important. Um, You can never replace misaligned frequency with action. So this is why people have to work really hard is they think I'll work really hard to get the things I want, but they have misaligned energy because they don't take the time to get energetically aligned and it makes their work 50 times harder. So your number one first job is to work on your internal being through habits and practices that get you aligned. So for me, my morning routine consists of everyday reading, you know, personal growth and development type of stuff. And then I journal. I do like scripting. I do self-reflective journaling. I get really clear on getting to know myself. Like I think of my journal as my Bible of me. You know, it's like, this is me getting to know me and loving me more and having discoveries. I mean, I have like big breakthroughs in my journal journal writing just because I'm taking the time to get to know myself better. And then I meditate and exercise. And so those things are always included in, I'd say the exercise I do five days a week. So a couple days of the week, I don't do it. But the other days I do all of those things. I, at personal growth and development, you must do every single day. And so I think of this as, um, I call it, with my clients, I have them write an emergency shift list. So it's like anytime your energy is misaligned, what's on your emergency shift list to change your energetic alignment, because then your day is easier. 
So you got to do it. And for me, it's, you know, podcasts and reading and exercise and meditation and all those things I do in the morning. It's like that just lines me up to be like high vibe glowing all day long. And it's amazing. Oh, I love those. I was like, I'm taking notes because I, you know, <laughs> I, I find that, you know, not only, I mean, I always learn things by listening to podcasts, but also interviewing guests like yourself, right? It's like, oh, that's cool. That's another idea. And I always tell people like, you know, create a routine that works for you, right? Because I've, mine has shifted, but I definitely agree with that educating yourself, like, you know, personal development practice. Like I love reading and I actually have a book that I read during the day where I'll take a time out. I want to sit, reset, recharge, which is usually personal development, self-help. But then at night I will write, I will read like a, a memoir, right? Or a biography, something that's inspirational where I don't, oh. because for my brain, the way it works, as soon as I read something, I'm like, Oh, I got to take a note. Like I have to, I have to take action on that right away. Yeah. Yeah. So the night that's is to awesome. calm down. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, like, how cool is that to get inspired by other people's stories and it keeps you fueled in a direction. So it's, it's important for you to always think about what am I saturating my brain with? You know, is it alcohol? Is it TV? Is it toxic relationships? Or is it personal growth and development type of stuff? <laughs> it's not hard to see that success leaves clues and successful people are very conscious about what they put into their mind and into their body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I feel like we could continue to go on and on for hours and hours. So <laughs> I, I think we might have to do a part two on this. But if yes. people want to learn more about you, what you do and work with you, where can they find you? I am at all things NFA money. So if they go to nfamoney.com, all kinds of cool stuff there. I release actually in 2022, we're gearing up to release between four to five YouTube videos a week. So if they go to YouTube, NFA money, they type that in all kinds of good stuff there, you know, conversations like this, I'll be doing an interview show. And then um, I'm actually starting. This is so exciting. I got married recently and my, my honey and I are doing a NFA love playlist. So we'll be talking about the power of relationships and that kind of thing. And so all kinds of cool stuff there specific to money, I've got the Moneyblocks profile. So if they go to moneyblocksprofile.com, that's a really great way to get started on understanding and recognizing your money blocks. So I'd say that'll lead them into all kinds of cool stuff. So I won't overwhelm people. Those are, those are the places they can go and connect with me. And, and I love connecting with people. I love learning about them. I love knowing where they're stuck and helping. So, you know, reach out and hang out with me for sure. And we'll make sure to put that all in the show notes. So Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show. I just like our first conversation, I thoroughly enjoyed our chat. And yeah, I'm serious. I think we need to have you back. And we'll Definitely. go in a little bit more detail. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Bye, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you got a lot out of it because I think that that financial insecurity is something that a lot of us can definitely relate to. And don't forget, if you haven't joined us already, come check out the Rise Beyond Recovery Virtual Summit. You can find out more information at www.risebeyondrecovery.ca and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. 
The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.com.